Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You know, a little doubt can do a whole lot. Just a little bit of leaven will leaven the whole lump. You know, as I think about a wind going over water on a clear lake, pretend the wind is just a little bit of a doubt. Little by little, a life that is a person who walks in unbelief, it's not just a, a thing that you decide one day. It's a series of things in your life that you've made determinations not to believe in the Lord, not to trust Him. And those things add up over time, and pretty soon you've got a life just filled with unbelief. How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Today on Truth in Christ, James tells us to ask God in faith for what we need. God's Word tells us to ask and it will be given to us. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob emphasizes this truth by telling us to have faith in God to supply us with all we need, including wisdom. As we grow in our faith, we learn that when we pray according to His will, we will receive in abundance. And the more time we spend in His Word, the more we will know His will and how to pray. Let's listen to Pastor Rob as he teaches these truths. Most people would say, but notice the heart of this young king. He goes, I need understanding. I need wisdom to, to, to deal with and to lead this great group of people that you have um, given to me. In verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. And notice what God did. God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, you haven't asked for riches for yourself, you've not asked the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has never, there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall be any arise after you like you. And I have also given you what you did not ask, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing God gave to him. Isn't it true? When, 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 you, when you do the right thing, God gives you all things. What's that verse? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's a great verse for that. Solomon's heart was to seek the kingdom of God, and God gave him the things that he didn't ask for. But most of the time, we go for the gold. We go for the new car, the new house by the lake, whatever it may be. But the greatest thing is, Lord, and that's one of my prayers, you know, actually, is, Lord, just give me great discernment over my own heart, over things, you know. I need that. I can't operate without it. I'm, I'm a, I'll be a miserable wash-up unless God does that. I'll be honest with you. It must be dependent upon him. 
and notice what happens. Go just a little further down in that, in that, uh, that verse to verse 16. Now, obviously, Solomon didn't finish well. He got away from that wisdom that God had shown him. And he was. He was the richest, the most wisest man at the time. And in his beginning, notice what God did to just really give him wisdom. And I really love this event here. This is a historical event. This is not some made-up story. In verse 16, it says, Now two women who were harlots came and stood before him. And the woman, one woman said, O Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth, and we were together, and no one was with us in the house except the two of us. And this woman's son died in the night because she had laid on him. So she arose in the middle of the night, and while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. So then the woman said, then the other woman said, No, but the living child is my son, and the dead one is your son. So you can see this feud going back and forth. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. And so they came before the king, and God gave to wisdom, uh, wisdom to Solomon. And this is so wonderful. And the king said, this one, this one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, No, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king says, Bring me a sword. Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, Divide the living child in two with the sword, and give half one and half to the other. Then the woman, whose son was living, spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, O oh my lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. And so Solomon, through wisdom, he realized that the woman who was willing, the, the, the son who's was the rightful son of the, of the mother, she was willing to give him up to the other woman that he might live. And then Solomon knew that's the woman because she has a maternal instinct. Her heart is right. And boy, how would we deal with a situation like that? But see, that's, that's God's wisdom in action, the wisdom that God gave to Solomon. And you know, we can come to the Lord and ask. We never ought to withhold you know, there have been times where I have not come to God and asked him for certain things because I thought it was, maybe I was conflicted in my own heart about it. wasn't quite sure whether it was really his will or not. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I remember one time I, I prayed to the Lord. Actually, I will tell you this, this story. This is really funny. And you'll realize what a fool I am. Um, I was moaning and complaining a, a number of years ago, I don't know, probably five or six years ago, actually. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I never win anything. I never win anything. I, I'm serious. I had this conversation. You know, like how you fill out those little sweepstakes things and, you know, for a car or something like that. I never win anything. And so I'm grumbling inside. And so finally I sent out this one, this one device. It was, it's a guitar thing. And it was about worth about six or seven hundred dollars or something like that. And so I filled out the, the sweepstakes and, and a couple months go by, and I get this notice in my, in my email. You've won. <laughs> You've won, and we're sending it to you. Here's the tracking number and everything. So I'm tracking. I get out my phone, and I'm like, oh, two days away. Praise the Lord, you know. And, uh, and I felt the Holy Spirit that's at that moment say to me, are you happy? 
Are you happy now? Rob, you won something. You finally won something. <laughs> Enjoy it. Right? But I didn't ask because I'm like, you know, just silly. It, it, it wasn't necessary. But, you know, even in the little things, you know, we don't ask sometimes because we're afraid to ask. Don't be afraid. When you were little, didn't you go to your dad no matter how insignificant it was? Didn't you go to him and say, Daddy, can I have a lollipop? Can I have an ice cream cone? You know, and how often did your dad acquiesce, especially if you're a girl? If you're a girl, your dad would acquiesce. Daddy, can I take the Jaguar out for a run? But honey, you're only eight years old. That's okay, Daddy. I'll take my... Okay, honey, here it is. <laughs> Hand you the keys, you know. That's the way I am with my daughter. You know, I've got to be really careful. But ask. What does it say in Matthew chapter 7? Let me just read it to you. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7. Jesus said, he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, having an an evil nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts, good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, obviously, if you ask the Lord for a Mercedes-Benz, because you're lusting after a Mercedes-Benz, don't expect it, because he knows it will ruin you. If you ask for a big house on a lake because you want to consume it on your lust, be careful. Now, not all these things corrupt people. I know some wealthy people who don't have those issues. They don't even think twice about it. I could give it up. No big deal. That's the right heart. But if your heart is like, God, I must have this to be complete, he's like, well, I can't give it to you then. So don't ask. If you, say, if you ask something in my name, I will give it to you. There's the clause, in my name. <laughs> if I ask something in the name of Jesus... Am I going to ask something that I know is wrong in my heart to fulfill my own lust, my own desire? No. But when I do ask for the right thing, guess what? Bullseye. Then you just sit back and wait. And I've know, it's happened to me, and I know, I know it to be true. And sometimes it doesn't happen immediately, but you just be patient, and you wait, and you watch what God does. And when it happens, it will melt your heart, and you will just fall apart in thanksgiving and praise saying, Lord, are you really that good? (laughs) Are you really that good? And the answer is yes. He is that good. He's greater than anything you can possibly imagine. His heart for you is greater than anything you could possibly imagine. So don't stop seeking. Don't stop knocking. Don't stop asking. Ask, seek, and keep going. And just make sure your heart is right, and he will give you the desires of your heart according to his will. Amen? You know, I'm one of those people that I'll ask certain things, and it drives my wife crazy. She's not here today because we're camping. I don't know if you know that, but I'm camping right now. We're uh, in Cayuga Lake State Park. We went down Friday, and after the service tonight, I'm going back, and then we come back tomorrow. So we've been sitting in front of a campfire. Um, So... uh, but she's not here, but I, I would drive her crazy because we will be somewhere. Something will happen to an appliance of ours. We just bought this appliance and, or something, and I'm like, you know, I wonder. You know, I have this funny idea. I'm like, you know what, I wonder if they'll just send us a brand new one. Oh, they won't send a brand new one. You know, we got this one on sale, and it's got a dent in it, you know, and all this stuff. And, you know, and, or, or something like that. And I'll just say, you know what, all they can say is no. In anything in your life, all they can say is no. So why not ask? And you'd be surprised how often you get what you want. 
and I don't say that in a greedy, mean, weird, twisted way, but, well, maybe. <laughs> if the shoe fits. No. No, but seriously, I'm just crazy enough to ask the silly question and almost a great number of times. It's just given. And I'm, and I, I'm, I'm just as shocked. And my wife is like looking at me with her face hanging out. Like, I can't believe you asked. I'm like, all they could say is no. You know, that's it. So don't be afraid to ask in anything. All they can say is no. Right? Good? <laughs> but more importantly, ask for the, for the Lord. Ask him. But notice what it says. But let him ask, verse 6, and we're back in James now. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You know, a little doubt can do a whole lot. Just a little bit of leaven will leaven the whole lump. You know, as I think about wind going over water on a clear lake, pretend the wind is just a little bit of a doubt. Little by little, a life that is a person who walks in unbelief, it's not just a, a thing that you decide one day. It's a series of things in your life that you've made determinations not to believe in the Lord, not to trust him. And those things add up over time, and pretty soon you've got a life just filled with unbelief. And I think of like a wind going over water. What does it do? When wind goes over water, over enough time it starts to ripple. The water, the friction of the wind going across the water creates a little ripple. A little bit more causes a little bit of a wave. And that wave becomes bigger and bigger. And unbelief is like that. Whenever you give in to unbelief, whenever you make those kind of compromises, before long your life is this huge tidal wave. And guess what? It's going to crash on the beach. And you're going to be washed up. Your faith, whatever you thought you had, is gone. He says, but ask in faith and don't doubt. Unbelief is contagious. Remember when the, the, spy, the 12 uh, spies from Israel went into the land of Canaan and they brought back the fruit of the land. And Caleb and Joshua were like, let's go up. We're going to take them. We're going to get this job done. God told us he's going to give it to us. Here we are. We're going to go and we're going to take it. And the other 10 men of the 12 men said, you know what? There's giants in the land. And everybody, everybody just stood back, and they're like, "That's yeah, there are giants. Yeah, things aren't as good as they thought. I don't know if God's with us. He's gonna, he brought us out here to consume us in the wilderness. Right? The doubt of ten men changed the course of all those millions of people. Right? That's what doubt will do. It is very contagious. And so when he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And he says, for let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord, right? But faith is what God is after, having faith, because faith is just the opposite of unbelief. We know through Hebrews chapter 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The Bible defines it for us. Oswald Chambers says this about faith. He said, Faith must be tested because it can only become your intimate possession through conflict. Through conflict, it can become your intimate possession. And I've heard another phrase, too, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. That's why God allows you to go through trials. That's why he allows these things in your life, because your faith, you don't even know how great that faith is. He knows what that faith is. I don't. I don't even know my own faith. 
I find out really quick when the, when the thing happens in my life, when the trial comes. I find out really what I'm made of, who I'm really relying upon. And so it behooves us to, to really ask for faith. Did you know you can ask for faith? For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Right? Faith is a gift that God wants to give to you today. It will replace an unbelieving heart. It will remove you from a place of unbelief and set you on a high tower. That's what faith will do. And it's faith, the faith of Christ, his faith. Not faith in faith, but faith in Christ, in a person. We have faith in him, not in our circumstances. But don't let this verse discourage you, because when you hear James say, anyone doubting or who, who, who doubts, asking for wisdom, for instance, is like a wind, you know, tossed. Don't let that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord, and that may discourage you, but don't let it discourage you. He's got everything under control. You know, God wants to take your, he wants to fix those moments of unbelief, and he wants to nurture your faith. You know, in Mark chapter 9, verse 17, I'm going to read to you something. You can mark it down. But this is a really interesting thing. You know, God is not going to upbraid you for having a, a lapse from time to time in faith. With the children of Israel, he dealt with them for 40 years in the wilderness. And because of the constant constant unbelief, constant you know, digging against God, grading against him, all those who came out of Egypt, that whole generation died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. It's only the people who came afterward, the children and the children's children, they entered into the promised land. But the children of Israel, for 40 years, they were tempting God and just, just grading into him and not believing him. God doesn't have a, he has a problem with that, but you and I have issues where we, we struggle with faith sometimes, and God is willing to nurture you and encourage you in that. Notice with me in Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 17, it says, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, and he's speaking to Jesus, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whatever, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said to them, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth, so he asked his father, how long, has he been, how, long, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But, notice this, if you can do anything. If you can do anything, Lord. He's speaking to the God of all creation. If you can do anything, all things are possible to him. Or, I'm sorry, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. And I love the honesty of this man. You know this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And God healed him. Did God upbraid this man because he struggled with his belief? No, and he's not going to do it with you either. If you have a life that's consistently um, fighting against God and a life that is filled with unbelief, you're going to have a problem. But as a child of God, we struggle from time to time. And you know what? Just be honest with God about it. And you know what? Just like a tender father, he's going to set you on his knee and he's going to love you. And he's going to want to encourage you. He wants to nurture that faith, right? He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to cast you away. He wants to love on you. 
And I love that Jesus just met him where he was at. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What a telling statement that is. I think we're there quite often. Are you like that? I believe, but help my unbelief. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay. Because honestly, every one of us have done that, right? Don't be afraid to come and ask the Lord. Go before him, seek him, and just be honest with him. Confess often and let him heal you. In verse 8, he says, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything. Here it is. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. And that's a really interesting thing. A double-minded man is somebody who is double-souled. They've got one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world, and their life is a wreck. Their life is a mess because they don't belong to either one. They're not comfortable in either one. And that's why God says, make your calling and election sure. Either get in the boat or get out of the boat. Jesus said, I would rather that you were hot or cold, but this lukewarm business I can't deal with. Or is very hard because, you know, if you're completely cold, God can do something with that. If you're completely hot, that's a good thing. But this lukewarm business, what, what, why? What, what, what compromise is going on in your life that's causing you to be that way? To be double-minded. And then as a double-minded person, all your decisions in your life, you're going to be unstable. You're going to feel like your foot is out of joint the whole time you're walking around in this world. So don't be a double-souled person. Boy, time is going, isn't it? Hmm. Remember in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, Elisha, after Elijah had passed from the scene, Elisha was ministering, and there came a man from Syria. He was the captain of the Syrian army. And this man was named Naaman, and he had leprosy. He, He came down with leprosy. And someone told him to go to the prophet in Judah. Go to, the, go to see the prophet. And so Naaman gets a bunch of uh, some horses, some guys with him, and loads it up with a reward, silver and gold and changes of clothing, which is what they used back then. They were going to give this prophet a reward because they thought, well, I could just go to this prophet. He could heal me, and as a result, I'm going to give him all this stuff. right? So Naaman is on his way. He gets there to Elisha's place, and the Lord tells Elisha, go tell Naaman to dip himself in the Jordan seven times. That's it. Just do it. Just be obedient. Requires faith, doesn't it? And Naaman's like, wait a minute. <laughs> the Jordan? We got so many better streams up in Syria. Crystal clear waters. Why am I going to dip myself in this muddy water? Are you crazy? And so he gets really mad at Elisha. I come all this way and you tell me to just do this simple thing. He didn't even come out to meet him. He just told, he told Gehazi, his servant, I'll go out and tell him uh, to dip himself seven times in the, in the Jordan. He'll be, that's it. He'll be healed. So one of the guys with uh, Naaman says, you know what? If he would have asked you to do something really great, wouldn't you have done it? Now he's just asking you to do this simple thing. Will you do it? So finally he does it. He's healed wonderfully. So he comes back to Elisha, and he wants to give him this huge reward, right? And Elisha says, you know what? That's, you can keep your gold. You can keep your silver. Truly a man of God. So they're like, okay. Well, thank you. 
<laughs> so he makes, starts making his way back to Syria. And Gehazi, a man who was double-minded. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.